Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's me, Damien Barr, inviting you to take some time out of your day and listen to some stories. Here at Sally Exclusive, we are proud to bring you the upcoming books that we are most excited about. This week on the podcast, we've got one of the most exciting novels of the year to share with you. It was named the book of 2022 already by Esquire, stylist Sherlock and Foils. The brilliant Olivia Lang, who we love here at Salon, described it as a stone cold masterpiece by a shocking new talent. So here's a reading from Lauren John Joseph's At Certain Points We Touch. Now you may know Lauren already, they are an artist who has worked across theatre, film, opera and pop music and written extensively on gender theory, pornography, performance, culture, art, all the delicious things. The book is Queer Lit Meets Auto Fiction, which is one of our favourite genres here at the Salon and this will be of particular interest to fans of Garth Greenwell, one of our favourite guests. So if you know anything about Lauren, their effervescent personality shines, and that is the same in every page of this book. Here's a story of messy, all-consuming young love, one perhaps too well known to many of our listeners. Here's Lauren with a reading from their book. Hello, I'm Lauren John Joseph, and I'm delighted to be reading an extract from my debut novel, At Certain Points We Touch, exclusively for Damien Barr's Literary Salon. At Certain Points We Touch centres on a writer who is now living in Mexico City and who is trying to piece their life back together after the sudden death of a lover. It's a story of friendship, loss, sex, love, grief, and queer intimacy. It spans a decade and it skips between London, San Francisco and New York with sojourns to Berlin and Istanbul. It's expensive and it's intimate. It's also something of a love triangle in which each of the three participants have slightly different understandings of what exactly is happening between them which makes it a pretty sexy read. And not just in my opinion either. Just recently in Take a Break magazine, Ruth44 from Leicester said, I would definitely recommend at certain points we touch to my friends, but it's not a book that I would give to my nan to read. But who knows, perhaps it is a book that you would give to your nan. There's only one way to find out. I wrote at certain points we touch to exercise some very real grief in my own life after I lost somebody to whom I was very close and as such it moves quite playfully between Bildungsroman, criticism and autofiction which I think makes it very timely. The big influences on the writing were Edmund White's Nocturnes for the King of Naples and Marguerite Duras' The Lover, as well as, perhaps surprisingly, Carlo Ravelli's Seven Brief Lessons on Physics. So, if you liked any of those, then you may well like this. And if not, well, then you really ought to give your copy to your nan, hadn't you? Ciao.
Prologue When did you know you were dead? I'm asking you a question that I know you can never answer. It is now ten years since we met, six years since we last spoke, four years since your death, and I'm writing you this from Mexico City, under grave obligation. It is not a letter, since I know you cannot reply. Maybe it's another monologue. Certainly it does not require a second voice. Let's call it plain song, then. This is the chant recalling your life. It is fiction. It is biography. It is a transfiguration. Last night, I was walking home through my neighborhood of Tacubaya a few hours before dawn. I was with a very handsome American boy, whom I had picked up at a house party. We were on our way to get breakfast at the all-night taqueria. Because we were drunk, and because we were high, and because Takabaya is quite dicey at 4.30am, we picked up the pace of our flirtatious stroll, so that it became more of a determined tramp. It was chilly, and it seemed like we were getting lost, but we were stubborn, and both unwilling to pull out a phone for guidance, preferring to show off to each other with how well we knew the city. My new American friend and I took several wrong turns and found ourselves suddenly stumbling out of the crumbling residential streets onto a massive six-lane highway which told us we had gone too far. Gargantuan heavy goods vehicles, massive petroleum tankers and enormous Coca-Cola trucks thundered across the dying night, bellowing diesel through the city, causing the pavement to rumble beneath our feet. We stood stock still, dazed in shock, in front of a shuttered mechanic shop, agog at the sight of this impenetrable traffic, regarding each other with an attitude of, well, what now? A few doors down, a pharmacy slept, under an illuminated emerald cross, bolted to its facade and spilling lurid green into the easing darkness. Text skated over the horizontal axis of the crucifix. Medicamentos, suplementos, discuentos y más. The infinite scrolling jargon of drugstore commerce, cordially punctuated at the end of each round by a very civil proclamation of the time, date and temperature. I stand and watch the information pass by several times, quite stupefied, before I find the wherewithal to ask out loud, Is that right? The American boy says, yeah, I know. Feels colder than 12 degrees, right? I shake my head. No, the date. Is that today's date? He nods. Yeah, it's the 29th. Of February, I ask. Yeah, he replies. It can't be, I say, incredulous. I guess it's a leap year, he says, and laughs nervously. That was when I felt it. I have to go, I say. Where? he asks. Home, I say. Do I have your number? I'll call you tomorrow, later, tonight. He looks confused and says, Okay. I can see that he's put out. He thought he was going to get a fuck, but I don't much care. I'm already hurrying away. You see, it came over me like a compulsion, like food poisoning, like a scream in the dark tearing me violently from a dream, the exhortation to finally put this down on paper. I crash into my apartment, drop my coat to the floor, and skitter, still drunk, towards the kitchen table. I know that I have to begin right here and now, at 5.15am, at least to make a start, 
if I am ever to crawl up out of this perdition. With a clean sweep of my right hand, I clear a mess of mail and half-read magazines from the tabletop, grab from my computer with my left, and begin to write. Disinterred, exhumed, hauled up from such an early grave comes the writer I had all but abandoned, here to type out the opening line. When did you know you were dead? The writer who has held silent all these years, sticking to the shadows of shame and fear, the writer who has watched the other players wear themselves out running amok, the psychic eye is now coming into her legacy. Who else has the dominion and tenacity to accept the many months of solitude which will be required to perform this commission? Only the writer. Only the writer can tell the story of our life and your sorry death. The priest, the painter, the soprano I might have been don't have it in them, only the writer. The significance of the day's date has opened like a portal onto mania, the phantasmagoric nature of its revelation materializing before me on that lonely neon crucifix, driving me into a frenzy of desperation, contrition, and rage. And what is there to be gained now, after all this time? Am I hoping to perform some act of penance here on the page? I can't answer. I simply sit and write. I give myself over. I turn inwards and try to remember the first time I saw you, back when you were just one in a multitude of sweat-streaked golden boys. I write straight through to lunchtime, when the drugs and alcohol finally wear off, leaving only a headache. I go to my room around 1pm and take out the cachet of letters from under my mattress, only to find my eyes are too sore to read them. Frustrated, exhausted, I throw myself into bed, but I don't undress. I don't even draw the curtains. I simply sink into the low light of a room which never fully catches the sun to snatch some rest, though I know I won't really be able to sleep until this is finished, until it is all out and down and staring back at me. As I doze, a dream of council tower blocks being dynamited, collapsing down into ascending clouds of hot grey smoke. In my dream, I'm watching from a safe distance, but still I am afraid, and I say so, out loud, from my sleep. Above my body, across the street, a neighbour flings open a window, and the sun's momentary reflection on the glass lights up the bedroom like a camera flash. I snap awake, startled, and disorientated, so confused by my lack of sleep, that for a few seconds upon waking, I believe that I am back in London, that I am coming to on that irreversible afternoon four years ago when I woke up alone and found out that you were dead. Only this time, I somehow know what has happened instinctively, without having to be told. Briefly, I believe that I have been woken by a pythonic vision. Slowly I sit up, ragged and bemused, the letters fall from my bed, casting my eyes about the room, only very gradually understanding where I am. Then I begin to panic. I don't know how long I've slept. I'm terrified that I've lost the whole of this precious day. I scramble about on the floor looking for the alarm clock, and I'm desperately relieved when I see that it is only 1.45pm. I have barely dented sleep. It is still today, thank God. It is still the 29th of February. Nauseous, dehydrated and sore, I return to the kitchen. I spread out your letters on the table and begin to work again on this book, this exertion, 
this panegyric. It is for you, just for you, Liebling. Happy birthday. Listeners, that was Lauren John Joseph reading exclusively for the Literary Salon. Their novel, At Certain Points We Touch, is published by Bloomsbury Books, who have published me. Lauren's novel is available now in all good bookshops, and a special shout out today to all the indies championing this story of queer love. If you know someone who enjoys queer lit, and of course you do, then please be a good friend and share this episode with them. We are so grateful to our listeners and I love hearing from you as well, getting your feedback about the books uh, that you've picked up after listening to Salon Exclusive. I mean, I'm sorry I'm adding to your TBR, but I'm not that sorry. For a chance to win a copy of this book, just sign up to our newsletter, which is full of wonderfulness. We're making the newsletter bigger and less frequent just so you know, in case you're worried that you're missing it. Right, anyway, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for listening and join us again soon.